0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life and what you will eat or about your body and what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Notice the ravens. They do not sow or reap They neither have storehouse nor barn, yet God feeds them. How much more important are you than birds? Can any of you, by worrying, add a moment to your lifespan? If even the smallest things are beyond your control, why are you anxious about the rest? Notice how the flowers grow. They do not toil or spin, but I tell you, Not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass in the field that grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? As for you, do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, and do not worry any more. All the nations of the world seek for these things, and your father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these other things will be given you besides. Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your belongings and give alms. Provide money bags for yourselves that do not wear out, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach nor moth destroy where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In this third talk, we're going to consider the Part C of the ABCs of Divine Mercy, which is complete trust. You've probably noticed during the first two that trust stands behind the other two things we've thought about, asking and being merciful. We have to have a certain level of trust to embrace either of those in the first place. We also heard how trust is the vehicle, the way in which We receive. I'll just quote from the diary of St. Faustina. I have opened my heart as a living fountain of mercy. Let all souls draw life from it. Let them approach this sea of mercy with great trust. On the cross, the fountain of my mercy was opened wide by the lance for all souls. No one have I excluded. I am offering people a vessel. In which they are to keep coming for graces to the fountain of mercy. That vessel is this image with the signature, Jesus, I trust in you. The graces of my mercy are drawn by means of one vessel only, and that is trust. The more a soul trusts, the more it will receive. So, in this part, we're encouraged in trust. In this ocean of mercy as water flows it also flows to the lowest place he tells saint faustina and so the mercy flows to the greatest need but trust is the key trust is what makes it possible for us to receive he mentioned there the image of the divine mercy and we started our holy hour by venerating the image of the divine mercy which he asks for And I encourage all of you in your homes, and and you also here to take the time to stop by the image and venerate it. Uh, You may do it by a profound bow or some gesture in that fashion. Um, Some people may kiss the image um, in these days of COVID-19. That's probably not the best tactic, but there are other, other ways in which we can show our affection and our love and our reverence for this image that Jesus asked to be painted, reflecting him as he made himself visible to St. Faustina. This image is remarkable because it has an inscription. Um, Usually art doesn't have strict inscriptions into it, but Jesus specified that this message would be painted, the message that is actually a prayer. ufam Jesus, I trust in you. In this talk, I'd like to look at the qualities of that trust because what's asked for is not just trusting, but it's specified, complete trust. Perhaps you might have heard the expression, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, These curious older expressions kind of reflect something of maybe smaller farming than we would have now. Uh, We have not far from here, these massive chicken farms and egg producing plants that can have a building with like 10,000 chickens in it. It's it's amazing. So no one's gathering them in baskets, but imagine a farm family farm where one of the children goes out to gather the eggs for the day from the hen house. So they carry the eggs. What happens if they drop the basket after all of the eggs have been picked up? Then the whole income for the day is lost, right? So that's probably the origin of this expression. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. If you have different baskets, at least if you trip and fall and you break one. Okay, fine. But it's not everything. But that expression is used in a lot of ways in our society. Investing all of one's resources in just one business, in one venture, what happens if that venture fails? And then one has no other options because you put all your eggs in one basket. I know that's a practice in investing in stocks and bonds and the different people in their portfolio will diversify as the phrase goes, so that no one sector is overrepresented, so that there's a balance. And so if something goes bad in one area, it doesn't demolish the whole of the investments. We like to keep our options open. And especially in our time, that concern to keep one's options open and not close out one's possibilities makes it difficult for people to commit, and we see that especially in our time with decreasing numbers of people who are embracing holy matrimony, for example, but that difficulty can be in all aspects of life, in relationships, and vocations, but even in more simple choices that become difficult. I lift that up as a thought because that's not the image that we get in the gospel, is it? You might ask, why do we want to keep our options open? Why do we want to make sure we're diversified in all kinds of ways in our lives? Is it because we don't trust and we're taking things into our own hands? Perhaps we have failed or have been failed by others, a hurt that has marked our lives where being vulnerable to somebody led to being betrayed and hurt. And as we thought earlier in the first talk, that idea that I have to take this into my own hands. I have to take care of my own needs. I have to make sure I'll not be hurt again. But is that where we want to move? Is that the path that we want to maintain? Is that where the Lord is leading us? He's calling us to something different in this kind of trust. Where is our trust? Is our trust in the works of our hands, as it says in the scriptures, the things that I can do, the things that I can earn, the things that I can make, the things that I can direct, the way I can have power over people or situations. What did we hear in the gospel that we just started with now? It's a different kind of trusting, a different kind of handling things. Jesus is talking about some very basic needs, some things that we all have. And he acknowledges our father knows that we need those things. But somehow he's steering us away from putting the focus on getting them. And particularly on that word of worry. Do not worry about these things. Trusting in God means relying on him to provide for us and setting aside that worry. We still need the food, but it's relying on the father to make sure that we have what we need. Maybe not excess, but at least sufficient. Same with clothes or other things or drink but his concern is that we not worry about them. First of all, because worry doesn't produce any good anyway, right? It can't accomplish anything. It's just basically a waste of energy, but it also is a distraction because he is inviting us to seek first the kingdom, but seeking that kingdom first and with the confidence that the father will supply the need He will open the way for us. Around here at the seminary, we've had a lot of praying of the surrender novena. I don't know how widespread that is. We have one seminarian here who's a particular apostle of the surrender novena. And it's a beautiful message. But that word surrender can often be very distasteful. Because surrender says, I give up. I failed. I can't do it. I can't win. And in some sense, it seems like it's over. You know, hope is past. The surrender that we're called to embrace is a surrender of recognizing our own limitations and that we can't do it and that we surrender the effort to keep up the fight ourselves. We have to lay down the arms that we're going to accomplish all this by ourselves, provide everything that we need, and that we're self-sufficient. Perhaps when we find ourselves worrying, we want to look at that as well and recognize, is this where I am putting the focus on me? Is it actually that I'm putting the burden on me to accomplish? And yet I can't do it it's not a bad thing to surrender when the surrender is about recognizing that we're creatures we're not god we're not all powerful we're not all knowing we can't do it all ourselves we need one who can and that one is god and jesus says that we can trust him and the challenge for us is to embrace that completely pattern of trust that is given in the in the gospel goes beyond simply saying the words but it's actually transferring over the focus of where we hope the results will come perhaps at this point we'll circle back to the other two and how trust this complete trust is meant to inform the others the first part is asking And asking only really happens when we do have that trust. And being merciful comes about when, because we know where our trust is providing for us, we count on God to provide. And so we need not worry, or strive to gain or maintain what will be enough for us. We trust that God will provide that, whether materially, socially, emotionally, spiritually. And because we know we'll have enough, we can give away to others. We can be merciful. Mercy is not diminished when it's given away. When God is the source, we trust in him to provide. If we find that this is difficult, and perhaps we may even find ourselves judging and saying, I I just don't measure up to that. Well, that is another way in which we can surrender. Recognizing that, Yes, we can't do that ourselves, but we entrust ourselves to God who will provide for us. Jesus tells us that his mercy is so abundant, like an ocean overflowing, but also that he has a great desire to pour that forth on all of us. But perhaps today, as we pray and continue our prayer, let's entrust ourselves to the great mercy of God and Jesus who loves us so much. So now we'll continue with the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. And then after that, um, then we'll be having a piece from the choir. We'll continue with the prayers in the lineup of the the printout, the prayers from the diary of St. Faustina, and then another piece that the seminarians and one of the priests has prepared for us.